Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jock Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, my friends, to episode 16 of Jack Talk. Brought to you right here uh, in the JJT Midi Group Studios. Hopefully the lawn people won't be coming by this morning. Big Joe in the Big Rig, what's happening, man? It's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get it going today. Oh, good. Mr. Energy over there. Well, I hope everybody is prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so. I want to thank everybody uh, who had uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and the Making the Men hit that top five on Amazon's new releases. Uh, so I appreciate that. Uh, if you get the book, and I hope you do, and you enjoy it, uh, please tell a friend. Because um, I've, I've gone back and listened to it. It's good, really. Y'all need to check out Chapter 9. That'll change your world, all right? I wouldn't hey, know. I, I wouldn't know because I ain't got my copy yet. You know, man, you know, let me, let me, let me tell y'all something. Big Joe in the Big Rig lives in Dallas-Fort Worth. But he lives in that part of town where you got to take a helicopter to get to. So I'm bringing him a jam session bowl. I bring him a copy of the book. But, you know, I got to slate out about 12 hours to drive out there and back. It's like going to El Paso uh, over in, in that neck of the woods. What you think? Some people some people will tell you that a promise is good as the real thing, but it ain't. <laughs> that sounds like a parable. Uh, anyway, uh, you get your book, man. You get your jam session, but we're just trying to make time for it all. You know, I'm going to cover... The uh, ALCS, and we're gonna get into that in just a minute. Uh, uh, so next Wednesday, Thursday, I'll be covering the ALCS. Maybe that's the best day to bring it out there because I got to be in Arlington, so I can just make that fifty-minute drive from Arlington over to your neck of the woods and uh, get back in time for batting practice. So maybe that'll be the plan. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like but, a plan. But that's not a promise. That's a plan. So we'll figure that out. Uh, I know y'all like how we figure these things out on the air, but that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, before we get started, none of this is possible without my good friends at Greening Law. And I keep telling y'all, if you're involved in an accident, and it's not your fault, what you got to do, what you need to do, what you must do, seriously, pick up their phone, call 972-934-8900, and tell them your situation. That's really all it takes. The consultation's free. So you tell them your situation, hey, here's what happened to me. And if you're hurt in an accident and you're not at home, you know, maybe it's a grocery store, maybe it's an apartment complex, whatever. If you're hurt and you're not at home and it's not your fault, call Greening Law and help, let them help you through the process. Because here's what's happened. You're going to go up against somebody else's insurance company, somebody's big, bad, nasty insurance company. You need somebody in your corner training you like a manager, like a boxer, like Angelo Dundee to Muhammad Ali. Hey, here's what you need to do. You need somebody to guide you through the process, kind of like a coach next to you. Take you through it, because this thing can be intimidating. It can be uh, nerve-wracking. 
And what you need to do, seriously, is get rest and renewal and get healthy again. That's what you need to focus on. Green and Law will set up appointments for you. They'll send you to specialists. They'll do all the things to help you get better while they're tackling the other insurance company for you. Now, here's what I like to tell folks. They don't get paid unless you get paid. So you don't have to worry about, are they grinding for me? Where am I on their priority list? Am I important to them? Yes, yes, yes. You're all of that. And uh, check this out. You don't have to take my word for it. You can go to the website. You can hear what other people have to say about Greening Law. It's uh, greeninglaw.com. 972-934-8900. If you've been involved in an accident, it's not your fault. I'm telling you. Pick up the phone, give them a call, and let them walk you through this process. Uh, you can send me a thank you card later. The Texas Rangers are in the American League Championship Series. Ain't nobody see that coming before the season. So don't tell me that you did. Only way I believe you, only way I believe you, is if you put money down on it. And you got a ticket from Vegas that says you took the Rangers to get the, to the ALCS at this odds, and it's happened. Outside of that, I personally am not believing you if you said you had the Rangers going to the ALCS. And there's no shame in that, which is why I'm telling you, you ain't got to lie about this thing. There's no shame in saying that you didn't know that they was going to the championship series. Nobody did. But they're, I mean, but they're here. And I think uh, this series against the Houston Astros, which starts on Sunday in Houston, this is my hope. My hope is that it's an epic series. I will be honest with y'all. I would prefer for the Rangers to win. Um, you know, I, I just would. I think uh, they're a good organization. Uh, they've been through some hard times. Uh, that losing the World Series in 2011, one strike away a couple different times from winning the World Series, that's a painful thing, bro. And I think the Rangers, given what they've been through, given how Chris Young, Bruce Bochy, Ray Davis, the team owner, has written those checks, the way they've rebuilt this franchise, and they look like they're going to be contenders for years, uh, I'm, uh, I would like for them to win. I would prefer for them to win because I think uh, I just uh, I like I like what they represent right now. And I also think, remember, this is a year ahead of schedule. They were supposed to be good next year when they got some young guys coming up. So uh, I'm looking forward to the series. I would love to see seven games. Uh, although something tells me if the Rangers are going to win it, they're going to win it in six because that seventh game in Houston would be insane. Uh, are you all hyped? For the ALCS, I am now. I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna be one of them people that that I'm, I'm not gonna be one of them people that lie to you and say I knew they was gonna be Thank in you. the ALCS. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. I'm gonna say this: I, I did not know one Ranger till they made the playoffs. Okay, I don't if, believe that. Oh, if you a Ranger fan, you a Ranger fan. You know, okay. real Rangers fans saw this team grow. They saw them start winning, and they got excited. Now, I got to say, the best tickets I ever had to the Ranger game is the ones you gave me when you worked for the morning news. You know, them, th that was some good times right there. I've been to the stadium. I've been out there. <laughs> but I ain't – I didn't know nothing about these guys. Now, I know who the hell Evan Carter is. Right. But that's well, the biggest – Yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. That's 
that's my range. That's my range to take right there. Is that I didn't know who them guys was until they started winning. Until they, uh-huh. you, know, they you know, so I'm I'm the most casual of the casual range of fans. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, I didn't have expectations for him. I I uh, I've gone back and forth with baseball in general. Like I grew up a baseball fan. Uh, my dad lived in Cincinnati before he moved to Columbus. And so I spent my summers, literally, because I I was up there every summer from time I was seven or eight until I was uh, 16 when I said, there's a woman here and I'm not leaving anymore, Dad. You're going to have to come do what you're going to do, but I'm not leaving this woman all summer. Yeah, Uh, That's a great story for another day about that summer uh, and and what happened uh, with me and my dad. But... So my point is, I grew up with the big red machine. Like the Texas Rangers, uh, they had Jeff Burroughs, maybe. They weren't any good. Oh, they was but terrible. The Rangers oh, were terrible. Yeah. No, you're right about that. Yeah, buy, buy five pounds of ground beef from Winn-Dixie, get free Ranger tickets. <laughs> I ain't lying. I, ain't I know lying. you're not. You couldn't make something like that up. Free Ranger raincoat night, free Ranger baseball bat night, <laughs> boys club night at the Rangers. They was terrible, dog. Um. So I grew up with the Big Red Machine. I, they were my team because I spent three months there, so I adopted them as my team. I hated the Dodgers. Why? Because I was a Reds fan. And how big of a Reds fan was I? You got Pete Rose at first base. You got Joe Morgan at second base. You got uh, Dave Concepcion. No, you got uh, – no, that was Tony Perez at first base and Joe Morgan at second base. Dave Concepcion at third base. Pete at shortstop. Pete Rose at third base. George Foster in left field. Cesar Geronimo in center field and um, Ken Griffey in right field. Now, sometimes you put Dan Dreesen at first base or in right field. Uh, you know, so I was a Reds fan. Y'all see how quick I went through the lineup? And that's from 40 years ago. Now, I stayed a baseball fan, man, and then um, uh, I covered the Rangers a lot. Uh, it was my first real beat. And so I got back into baseball, and I enjoyed it. And then Ryan Washington took me on a whole other baseball journey because he became my guy, and he taught me so much about the game that I really felt like, you know what, I know this thing. Not quite as much as football, but I know this thing well enough to, uh, to really get deep in it. And then, duh, not only did he leave, but the Rangers got worse, and then we got into this whole walk home run or strikeout thing and baseball just got boring to me and the Rangers were bad and so I hadn't really paid much attention to the Rangers for the last three or four years uh, I paid attention this year because they got off to this hot start and they added all this pitching in the offseason so I was really intrigued once see how they go and while they got off to this great start when did you start paying attention to them or was it like a month ago like about a month ago they start right. when you realize they start winning. I got, like I said, I got lots of friends that are Ranger, like Ranger fans. We talk a little Rangers, talk a little Cowboys, but you know, that's when I start paying attention to. Them, so, uh, so for me, I'm, I'm looking at how they had the, you know, the best record in the American League for uh, April, May, June, July. Started August with an eight-game winning streak, and then dog, they went and dropped like uh, 16 out of 19. And if, if you take a football approach to it, which means you go crazy after every win or every loss, you could get lost in it. If you tried to take 
a different approach, which I did, even though I'm not sure I was completely successful. You try to figure out what happened to the Rangers. And the reality is, Doug, they had six All-Stars. I think every one of those dudes spent time on the disabled list or the injured list in the second half of the season. And so if you don't have your best players, it's hard to win. Uh, they lost uh, Matt Scherzer. I mean, they just had uh, to injury. They lost John Gray to injury. Uh they still had a chance to uh, win the division. But now that the playoffs have started, man, Nathan Evaldi, an all-star, he's got his mojo back. He's pitched great in the playoffs. He stunk in the regular season as he was coming back from injury and trying to build up arm strength and stuff. But now that he's back in the playoffs, man, he pitched the gym the other day, seven innings, one, one run, uh, helped the Rangers uh, uh, win. And so now as they, as they move in into uh, the series with the, with the Astros, I give them – I mean, the Astros are a better team. Like, I didn't really realize this until I heard it the other day, and then I went and looked up for it for myself. That this is the Rangers' first trip to the American League Championship Series since 2011. The Houston Astros have been to the last seven ALCS Series. Seven in a row. Uh, they've been to the World Series um, four times or three times. No, four times. One, two, lost two. Here's the interesting thing, though. Last seven years, they've won 101 games, 103, 107. Then you had that funky strike year uh, where they went 29 and 31 but still made it to the ALCS. 95, 106, and this year, 90. So what I'm getting at is this is their seventh straight year in the ALCS, but this is their worst team. You know, they finished with the same record as the Rangers, 90 and 72. They got home field advantage because they beat the Rangers nine under 13 times. Uh, the last time we saw the Astros, they were obliterating Texas. I think they outscored them something like 39 to six in the three-game sweep and really made a statement. And so now that the Rangers get them in the uh, in this championship series, I am really excited to see how it turns out because the Rangers now got that whole lineup back. And uh, you mentioned Evan Carter. Evan Carter to me is the key. And you're like, but he just showed up. He's the key because he gave them one more thumper in the lineup. Now, lineup was leading the league in runs almost all year. But they had a couple holes in the lineup. They don't have those holes no more, man. Because Evan Carter's hitting fifth now. He started off hitting ninth, and uh, for the playoffs, they moved him to fifth. And he's the same patient hitter. He's a thumper. And another big thing for them is Mitch Garver. Uh, he's a catcher. They signed him to start, but he got hurt, and so he's been moving into the DH. But here's the deal. He doesn't like to play DH, so he hadn't really been good at it. All of a sudden, he's hitting third, and DH seems to agree with him. So if he's going to be a DH and he's going to hit for you, all of a sudden, your lineup literally has no holes in it. And so that gives them a puncher's chance. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I want to I see it, dog. I want to see them beat Houston. Because Houston been talking a lot of trash, man, for a yep. team that, cheat, that cheated. Yep, old, old trash can banging asses. <laughs> the other thing about them is, and, and they've earned the right to do all of this by winning the World Series and getting there and, and going to seven straight. But they are a smug, arrogant team. That's how they came off with this whole, we only celebrate titles. And, you know, why are the Rangers celebrating getting into the playoffs? 
But different teams got different standards, man. Um, any other year, I would probably be rooting for Houston. And you might say, but you just said, ah, ah. well, I like Dusty Baker, dog. Yep. And so, yep. And so <laughs> if yep. I had a chance I like to Dusty. root for, for Toothpick Chew and Dusty Baker, then I'm going to do it. Plus, they got Reggie Jackson in their organization. Gary Pettis was my boy when he was the Rangers' first base coach. Uh, he's now the third base coach uh, with the um, Astros. So that's another reason that I like the Astros. I don't, I, don't, I don't get down with none of their players, but I like the coaching staff and I like their management. And if they weren't playing the Rangers, I would, uh, I would not mind at all seeing Houston and Dusty Baker uh, do their thing. Um, the series starts Sunday. We're going to get more into it Sunday. Oh, how many Rangers can you name now? Garber. Uh, Evan Carter. I know a few pitchers. I don't know why the hell you putting me on the spot. Hey, but man, right, I, just, I just asked. I'm paying. Just I'm kind of sort of paying attention to what you're saying. So <laughs> It is what it is. Because I was sitting there thinking the follow-up question was, how come they didn't vacate the Houston Astros championship when they called them cheating? Right. I mean, the simple answer, I think, is this ain't college football. But so uh, if you can talk matter. to you, you, already, you yeah. already won, so, I mean, everybody knows you won. It just is what it is. They gave them some penalties, took away some draft picks. Right. So they, got, right. they got to deal with the shame of it all, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Gotcha. Uh, let's uh, go talk to Clarence E. Hill, Jr., and the E stands for Energetic. Oh, okay. Is that what it's doing? <laughs> All right, Jay. <clears throat> Hold on. We're having some technical difficulties here. Hello. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What up, man? Yeah, hear me? Yeah. Yes, sir. Clancy Hill Jr. brought to you each and every Friday by Smokey John's Barbecue. Uh, have you figured out before we move on to the Chargers and your Dallas Cowboys? Have you figured out what happened Sunday in San Francisco? I mean, we had almost a week now. Have you figured it out? I mean, it's mind-boggling. It's, it's, I, I, I would never understand. I would never understand. Uh, a team who asked for something, who who's motivated by something, who's talked about this is what we want, this is what we're gonna do, this is my mentoring stick, this is my game where you know, everything I did in the off season, I'm gonna validate. You know, I, I want revenge. I want to and go out there and lay an egg. I mean, as I you know, I wrote you know, the Cowboys. Are front runners. They've been front runners this whole season. They've been about them being front runners. Um, you, you, you can't. It's unconscionable that you talk like that and put a, a performance like that on both sides of the ball. I mean, you got your butt thoroughly kicked. You know, you know. They said, "Be careful what you ask for. You just might get it." You know, they they certainly bit out more they can chew. It was, it was. Again, it's, it's Bud Crawford against Spence. It was an outclassing in, in the in the biggest of, of, of matchups. And I don't think anybody saw I mean, Vegas didn't see this coming. Vegas had a three-and-a-half-point favorite. No no right. one saw this, you know, and that, that's what's so mind-boggling about everything else. And I just, 
there's an opportunity here if the Cowboys don't write the ship, they can spiral downward. So, well, that's so, the, so I gotta ask. I gotta ask. I, I know you got. I know you got to jump in here. Go ask. <laughs> After seven days and three more interceptions, how you feel about Dak? I mean, I feel the same way about Dak. I All mean, right, you know, as, as, let, let me let me finish. I, 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 I never thought Dak was Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or somebody could pull a rabbit out of the hat. Nobody so, did. Michael McCarthy, talk, Michael McCarthy talked about the other day that the Cowboys, this team is about the defense, and and and, and we're going to play to the defense, you know, and with how the 49ers play and how the Cowboys want to play. They want to play with the lead. They want to play with strong defense and, and short yardage and, and makeable third downs and everything else. And, 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 and it just went awry, you know. And you can talk about Dak I want to, but, you know, Mike McCarthy tried to say the other day that, uh, you know, the game got it at hand with the turnovers, and that kind of was the difference in the game. It was 28 to 10 before Dak threw his first interception. Oh, okay. The game was over. I they had been out class. I get it. They had stopped nobody. I get it. No, but yes, I, no, Dak did no, not no, play. I don't, I don't get it. No, no Dak did not play well. No, there's, there's no question about that. Dak did not play well. There's, there's no question. There's, 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 from the first throw that was high, although the tight end, a better tight end probably could have caught it. The first throw that was high, you know, he was amped up and was nothing working. Uh, but, you know, that was a complete team mess. If you go and analyze the game, I know you watch it. Nobody was getting open. The press cover. Nobody was getting up. There was no separation. It, 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 it was it was a problem. But yeah, Dak didn't play well at all. There's, there's, there's no no sugar coating. No getting around it. That don't mean he's trash or ass or sucks. <laughs> I never said he was ass. I just said he was. No, no, playing. no. This, 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 this is other people. You, you ain't the only one. Oh, I know. I know who you're talking about. I ain't just, you. <laughs> no, I know that. I know that. I know that. I'm just saying, I know who said he was ass. I ain't giving him no run. I so, know. Where, so where does uh where does Mike McCarthy fit into all of this? Because he done fired Kellen Moore because his offense was superior. He added the elements of the West Coast offense, and yet that all of that was really designed to beat San Francisco and Philadelphia, and it failed. Exactly. Miserably. Exactly, because I mean we can either go to Dak, but I, I know that regardless of what the Dak's interceptions, that when Dak played the Cowboys or the Keller Moore, the Cowboys scored more points than any team in the league. And those are the stats. You know, the last couple of years, when, when Dak is on the field, Cowboys scored more points than any team in the league. When the offense is done this year, we the first three games, four games, we gave a pass because of leads and weather and all this other stuff. Well, this game here, you know, you have your full complement offensive line. You know, you, it, it's a tight game. This Mike McCarthy offense was dead on arrival. You know, and then you, you listen to Kirk Warner, you listen to other people talk about this offense and, and, and the route trees and, and, and the play design, the play call. It was a mess. And this is an indictment of Mike McCarthy, you know, and what he's doing, especially when you purposely go get rid of Kellen Moore. Now, Kellen Moore's offense only scored 12 points against San Francisco last year. So, uh, you know, like we, we we have to understand that, but but for you to go and and change offenses, everybody's numbers are down. City's numbers are down. Dak's numbers are down. Tony Pollard's numbers are down. It's across the board, and so this has to be more than just about Dak. This has to be about this offense. 
Bucks office is scheming and, and, and what they're trying to do, what they've done. What have they done? What did you do the entire offseason to come out and look like this through five games? Well, I think that's the question. Where do you see the disconnect in the offense? Because you're right, everybody's numbers are down. Yeah, you know that's why City's mad and upset. This is the contract year, and you know, and he, you know, his, his numbers are down. And of course, he wants to win, but wants to be a big part of that. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's you know, because they talked about one thing. They talked about about we're not going to have this interception. We're going to have this because it's going to be there will be less confusion and guys know it. There are guys in the same area. You know, they're, they're, I mean, it, it looks as as confusing as it did in the past. You know, and again, you, you, you bring in Brandon Cooks, you don't find ways to get him the ball. You're not getting the CD the ball. Obviously, you're not curtain, you didn't convert enough third downs to keep the ball, you know, to, to, to do different things. You, you, you know, you got, I, I don't know. It, 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 it is, and they better find some answers quick. And, you know, you got this week's game against the uh, Chargers. With Kellen Moore, you know, with your former offense coordinator who knows the team, and, you know, and knows your weaknesses, and and is probably amped up to to prove something this week. Again, this is a referendum on a lot of people. Mike McCarthy, his job, you know, if this thing goes south, you know, he's gone. You know, Dak McCarthy, I mean, Dak Prescott, again, you know, his contract is in the balance here, and and, and what they do, it, it will wreck the whole franchise. It will, their plan for the future. If, if this thing goes awry and they, and they can't extend that first guy in, you know, a city labs contract, but this, this offensive line, this offense, you know, Mike McCarthy got to find a way to figure this out. Yeah. Well, you know, you raise a good point because if it goes awry and you talk about Mike McCarthy's job in question, normally we would say, well, you know, look at the work that Dan Quinn has done and, you know, he would ascend to the throne. But if, it, if the season goes awry, we might look at it like, well, some of that, some of that awryness, if that's a word, is part of Dan Quinn's problem. Can you really promote him right like that? Because he was part of the problem, uh, not part of the solution. And then you know you got the Dak thing. It's uh, with his contract. Like I think everybody assumed he was getting a contract extension, and now it's like, well, let's hold on a little bit and let's let him go into the next year and just see see what we got. Oh, yeah, all that's on the line. And you're right. As Bill Parcell used to say, that's some of your work, too. This is some of Dad Quinn's work, too. I mean, Dad Quinn has been getting, you know, he, he's one who's has been skating by when the Cowboys have had some failures. It's been about the offense, it's been about Dak, it's not been about this defense. But but this is clearly some of his work, too. And, and Kyle Shanahan put a clown suit on his defense. Let's, let's be honest about that. They guys running wide open. Uh, no pressure on the quarterback. Uh, it, it, this this was a referendum on the defense and what they're what they're doing. And sadly, you know, from my understanding is, you know, uh, uh, Brian Schottenheim was going to be Dak Quinn's office coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you, know, you can't throw everybody took, out. Whenever he took, took a head job, so I mean, if you know, I, I ain't got no confidence in you. This is going to bring his office coordinator. <laughs> You know, so it's crazy. You see what's going on around the league. The way Miami's using motion, the way the char I mean, with what the 49ers are doing, what the Rams are doing, and, and, and the Cowboys' offense is just, it lacks creativity. Uh, it, it looks archaic compared to what the other guys are doing. Well, I mean, that's, 
I mean, I think the question is, is that because the, the coach is uh, closer to 60 to 50 and he brought an offense that's, uh, you know, 20 years old? I don't know, man. You know, there was so many stories. I last, last week I said, you know, you, you went into that barn. Remember all the stories about him going to that barn <laughs> for 2019 and right. studying all this offense? Like, what you what you learn? What you what, you know? You gonna bring some of this stuff from the barn out? You know, because what, what was that about? You know, you 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 were supposed to go into the barn and learn and just learn all these offenses and and you come out there with this stale stuff that got you fired in Green Bay. Yeah, now you know, now I, I gotta be honest. I saw some things. I realized it was preseason, but I saw them scheme some guys open in the preseason, and uh, and do some things. And I was just like, well, I thought I'd see more of that uh, because they haven't gotten CD involved. They hadn't gotten Brandon Cooks involved, and I just read something. And, and to me, this is part of the problem with some coaches. And and he still got time to change it. But there's no world I live in where Michael Gallup over three game span should have 18 targets. And CeeDee Lamb should have 18 targets. What, yes. You have to get the ball to your best player. I'm sorry I didn't wait for the A-man and yeah, the Oregon A-man, star playing. A-man and all that. CeeDee Lamb had 13 targets against the Jets. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, my, my problem has always been, yeah, you can take what the defense give you, but a lot of times you just need to take what you want because what they give you ain't worth having. And they got to get CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard space to operate because those are your two best playmakers. And Brandon Cooks. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I think there's, it's piggybacking on that. I think that it's getting back to that. I think they got to play it too mechanical. It's you know everything is tied to my feet. You know I, I got to throw to the open guy. Dak played more loose. I mean, you go back to you remember 2021. Dak was competing for the NFL uh, MVP early in the season. He finished with a team record 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. There's not a there was a naturalness to his game that that's not there right now yeah i, I agree with and, that 100 percent. Yeah. and so there's you know there's a natural flow now it's like you're trying to think and you're trying to you know run this little offense just gets the ball out quick and it, it doesn't allow you to really go through your reads and i mean that was a guy that if you look at his numbers his yard for attempt was one of the most tops in the league you know he threw the ball down the field you know he got the ball you with, with mark cooper cd lamb and those guys they got the ball down the field they're not doing that now you know, and so it, it's it's it, all that's tied together. You know, and so uh, that's I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask about because Dak does not look like he's playing natural to me. No, nah, uh, I can, I can get down with that. I mean, I think it's a uh, you know I don't know, but I, I think you're right. He doesn't look like himself, and you know maybe some of that thing where I just want to play football and not think so much. And uh, it's not working. But, you know, the way this offense is designed, I think that's the only way you can play it. It's tough because it makes it mechanic. It makes it about, you know, everything, you know, he talks about the, everything's tied to the feet and, and, and you, know, you got to get in the rhythm and you got to, you know, so it makes you more about the techniques than just playing the game. I don't, I don't, I mean, you watch Patrick Mahomes, again, I'm not comparing that to Patrick Mahomes, but there's a, natural just playing the game you know there's not so much it's not such a mechanical or technical thing yeah they playing slow i think they playing real slow almost lethargic yeah. like they don't seem like if they don't if you don't know the whole offense you can you can't run hurry up as well and that's one of Dak's strength i thought they played real slow versus the cardinals when yeah, they that, to hurry yeah. the hell up 
if you go back to past years, they were at their best when they were in a hurry up in two yep. minutes. You know, that's what that did. I mean, that's what they did best. Uh, what do you think the plan is for Kellen Moore's offense this week with uh, Dan Quinn? Well, I mean, I, I think that there, there's some things that, that, you know, 49ers talked about how they use some of the things in the running game that they saw in Arizona. I think there's some, the, the, the you know, Donovan Wilson, some of those guys, there's some poor communication in the secondary. The, um, you know, the safeties that we touted that were supposed to be special, they, they've not played well. Donovan Wilson coming back with injury, Javon Curse. How do you freaking line up offsides? The safety. <laughs> I just don't, I mean, it's just, again, mind-boggling. You're off the field. How do you line up offside? You know, none of that makes sense. So, yeah, this, you know, there, there's some things about this defense. You know, again, that's why I call a front-runner. When they're not winning and not lead, when you have to play square football, this team is not special. You know, you 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 feasted on some bad teams and bad quarterbacks. You talk to the lead, you make them one-dimensional. You got the quarterback. You're different, but when things are square, you know you you have not shown that to, to, that that you are special. Um, this is a tough stretch, man. They got the uh, they got uh, the Chargers, then they got a bye week, then they got the Rams, and they got the Eagles. Uh, but it starts with this one. Uh, if they don't get this one, uh, it's gonna be some changes during the bye week. I don't know what the changes are, but it's gonna be some changes. So this is a huge game. I mean, it's, it's big. This it's just this game is a big opportunity. It's a big stretch. I mean, again, like I said, the season can go south quickly. You know, you have the, 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 the a, a game chart to see that we know can score. I think they, they have problems on defense, but we know they can score. You know, and they're going to try to score. Uh, you had to buy. Then you have a Rams team that does some of that eye candy stuff that that confuses you on defense. You shouldn't beat the Rams, but you know they're getting healthy. They're getting their guys back. Uh, then you add Philadelphia. You certainly got that game against the Giants and Carolina and, and Washington at home. But that, that stretch from, from, you know, December, we got Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Miami and Detroit. You got to get some of these wins because that's going to be murderer's row right there. That's why you mm-hmm. can't lose Arizona. And and, and, and you, you need to get this, put put this win in your pocket because that, that stretch of December or actually starting November, uh, the week after Thanksgiving with Seattle, Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. That's the season right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's uh yeah, let's wild. hope they take care of business this week. Uh so that <laughs> we can get to that part and we can have meaningful games in December. Because uh we've seen it up close. Oh, they're gonna so be meaningful. They're gonna be meaningful. Yeah, they're gonna be meaningful for Dak's contract and yeah. McCarthy's yeah. future yeah. and uh Quinn's future. So yeah. my my bad, you right. It's a they're hard gonna be road. meaningful one way or the other. It's a hard road to hold right now. So you ain't done a coaching search in a minute. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to be done that. Paula's contract. I mean, I mean, Paula's Paula's contract is. I mean, you know, why would I pay Paula next year? Yeah, you know, it's a lot of people, a lot of futures at stake. Yeah, that's a good one. Like you know, I, like they haven't been really able to get Paula loose either. Yeah, it's just uh, the offense looks weird. Uh, yeah, weird. They, I don't know, but they need I, to figure I, I it out. Like the, I don't like the running game. You know, the offense looks weird. I mean, they again, they want to run the ball 
protect the defense, do put the. They don't have the running game to do what the Eagles and the and, and the 49ers do. You know how they they're able to run the ball and keep themselves. I don't think they have the running game to consistently do that. Well, I got a question. Yeah, I don't how, think Zeke how hard is that it, part? How hard is it for an NFL team? You know, as complicated as the game is, how hard is it for pros to change a system that they've been in for seven or eight years? I mean, you know, stuff got to be second nature. So how hard is that? Well, I mean, I, I think, that, you know, what, what they've tried to do is they they have not completely changed the system. He, he openly talked about it. He's kept the language the same, you know, because he's changed the language, not that. You know, he's, he's that's, that's one reason they've just tried to keep the language the same. They've tried to keep – they tried to add to what they've done. That's what they've tried to merge the two offenses so far as I work because they don't look like nothing like the old offense. They all look everything like the new offense, what they said. But, I mean, teams do it all the time. I mean – I mean, uh, every, every time teams get a new coach, they change the system, and and, and, and <laughs> or, or get you know, so and, and they try to make it work. I mean, but th- this is their job. None of this. I mean, at, at the end of the day, football is football, you know, and they, they they've been running versions of the same things in their entire lives, you know, and they, you know, you change the name, the language, you change the number system, all this stuff. The routes are pretty much the same. The concepts are pretty much the same. It's just what you emphasize and what the Cowboys are emphasizing right now ain't working. Yeah, I'll say it don't look Well, the they same. better figure it out. Yeah. They got uh, till yeah, Monday no, night yeah, yeah. against the Chargers to figure it out. And, and a, a Chargers team coming off a bye. <laughs> With the best passing quarterback that they faced thus far this season, I think. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And, exactly. Coming off I mean, let's. You know, let's keep it real. Kellen, uh, Kellen Moore is mild-mannered, meek, kind of quiet. But you know he would like nothing better than stick it to the dude that fired him and blamed him for everything. So he got whatever oh, added incentive is there. Yeah, and unlike the past couple of weeks, everybody was like, well, you know, uh, uh, Zeke Elliott and, 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 and the backup quarterback got the day they can tell the Patriots about the Cowboys and Trey Lance got the thing they can tell the Cowboys about the 49ers, <laughs> Kellen Moore was cold. If anybody, if, if anybody could pick a brain and, and really dissect what they do, is Kellen Moore more so yeah. than, than the player. You know, he he knows the offensive skill player better than anybody, and he went against the defense every day in practice the last four or five years. So, if anybody has an advantage on giving intel about the Cowboys compared to the last couple of weeks, they're trying to get intel from players. It's Kellen Moore. That, that's an advantage, Charlie. Yeah, and that's what he did all during the bye week. We all know this. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's Clancy Hill Jr. The E stands for energetic. Uh, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you next week. I right, appreciate you guys. All right. Later. Clancy is brought to us each and every Friday by Smokey John's Barbecue, 1820 West Mockingbird. Uh, five minutes from downtown, maybe seven if you get a little traffic. Um, I went through that last week to get a jam session bowl. Hadn't had one in a minute. And let me tell y'all, boy, did I miss it. That thing was delicious. Uh, referred some guys to it. They were in for the Texas OU game. But let me tell you about the Jam Session Bowl, and let me tell you why you need to roll by Smokey John's and pick one up. You get to pick macaroni and cheese or mashed potato base. Hey, did you tell me which one you want, dog? Nah, I didn't. I just got a picture, man. Well, which one do you want? Uh, which one do you want? I guess mashed potatoes. Put the mashed potatoes on the side. 
No, you can't put it on side. You got to put it in the bowl, man. Then you got uh, two out of five smoked meats. I think you want the brisket and the sausage. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say perhaps you want the brisket and the chicken, but the brisket and the sausage is good. You know what I've never asked? I've never asked is a third meat an option. You know what? I'm gonna, next time I go in there, I'm going to ask if the third meat is an option. And uh, then all the stuff you find on loaded baked potato, chives, bacon bits, sour cream, all of that stuff, all that good stuff, man. Butter if you get down like that. It's all, they put all that on top of it, man. Cheese. And then uh, they ask you, hey, you want the sauce on the side? And you can either drizzle it like I do or you can drench it. And then... It's to live for, like literally to live for. Uh, it can feed two people very easily, very easily. You got a little shorty at a six or seven. That person, uh, that little kid can eat too. Uh, now, I'd like to tell y'all, if you want Smokey John's every day, you ain't got to go to the restaurant. You can actually go get it delivered to your house. Go to, the, go to SmokeyJohns.com, click on the app, click on Marketplace, and you can see the rub and the sauce right there to the far left. Click on it. You can have it at your house a couple days. If you need it sooner than that, go to one of these HEBs in Dallas-Fort Worth. I think they got one in McKinney. They got one in uh, Frisco out by the Cowboys. They got one in Waxahachie. They, That's got, the one one in, they go got one in Burleson by me. They got one in Burleson by Joe. So if he really wanted to sauce and rub, he could swing over to Burleson today. And this afternoon... He can fire up his grill and have a taste of Smokey John's. I'm just saying, that's an option. But uh, Smokey John's barbecue, it is delicious. Uh, if you go and get the jam session bowl, you know the drill. Send your boy a picture so I can retweet it and give you some love on the show. Uh, but they bring us uh, Clancy Hill Jr. each and every Friday. Now, let's take a little trip around the block. So, let me tell you something. This is, uh, I don't, you know, I like to, I don't know, and I've never asked you this, dog. Do you like to grocery shop? No. <laughs> Not at okay. all. I worked I in mean, a grocery you, store I mean, as a kid. That, I remember that. Yeah. You know, I remember you telling me, didn't you used to ride your bike there? Ride my bike, walk across the street. I worked in several grocery yeah, stores. Yeah. No, no. Okay. No grocery uh, shop. Well, here's the deal. Y'all, you can judge me on this. I don't care. It just is what it is. Uh, and it's not the fact that I enjoy grocery shopping. Okay? Because I do. And maybe, maybe, I, I don't know why. Uh, my mom used to take me grocery shopping as a kid, me and my sister. I don't remember particularly enjoying it. And I remember it being a pain in the ass. If I didn't go and she pulled up, hey, y'all need to get all these groceries out the car and put them up. Now, yep. you would think if somebody bringing food to you to feed you for the next week or two, you would think your attitude about putting them groceries up would be good. Instead, I remember having a, uh, just a terrible attitude about it. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I had that. Because now I like to go grocery shopping, and what did I do? You pile all that stuff in the back of the expedition, and when my kids were little, I pull up, and what do I say? Hey, y'all need to come help this. bring these groceries up in here. All right, yeah. so we do become our parents in the end. Yeah, so I, this topic came up because this store was big when I was a kid, and I'm telling you, dog, and this one, this is the part you can judge me on. I can just never get over it, man, and I can just never get down with this store. 
and it's called Piggly Wiggly. Like, I just, this just me, okay? Let me tell y'all this. I'm a bacon aficionado. So I'm not against swine and the pig. But, really, bacon is all the only thing I like. Like, I'm not a big ham guy. Ham is okay. But if I never had ham again in my life, I wouldn't miss it. If I never had a pork chop again in my life, I wouldn't miss it. So I'm really just about bacon. Okay? Man, that's, that's, really about that, bacon. That, that's not American, but go ahead. Go ahead. Pork chops well, and ham. One of my highlights of being an adult was realizing I just didn't have to have bacon on Sunday morning. If I wanted it during the week, well, damn it, I can have it during the week. Yeah. Um, so, but... If I can be honest with y'all, pigs in general are nasty. That's why some people are like, I don't want anything to come from a pig. It's a nasty animal. This is just your boy, okay? I ain't never wanted to go grocery shopping at no store called Piggly Wiggly. Because to me, pigs are kind of nasty. And it's just no appeal to that at all, whatsoever. But this came up because there's going to be a resurgence of Piggly Wiggly stores in Texas. How about that? Uh, uh, there's some big acquisition. Uh, it's called CNS. And um, this guy who owns uh, Save-A-Lot stores, and there's a few of those in Texas, he's converting them into Piggly Wiggly's. I don't want to shop at a place called Piggly Wiggly, so I'm not going to. Uh, under no circumstances, unless every other grocery store gets closed down, I just can't do it, man. Now, mind you, there's 500 Piggly Wiggly's across the state. I don't even like that name. And before y'all say something, I'm a word guy. Like, are there any words that you don't like, though? I can't think of nothing right offhand. I'm I'm still trying to process this Piggly Wiggly stuff, but go ahead. Like, I don't like the word patty. Like, hamburger patty. I don't like the word patty. It's just, I don't know. It's an irritant to me. But it could be because I'm a word guy because I deal in words and words are my business and I have a love and appreciation for it. I don't know. Uh, so... That's what got me thinking about this because Piggly Wiggly, I just, I just you know, the thought of shopping at a store named after Pig bothers me. Uh, that being said, I like grocery shopping and today I have to go to my favorite store to grocery shop. I'm a Costco guy, man. Are you a Costco guy? No, I'm a Sam's Club guy. Well, I got one of them cars too. Yeah. <laughs> No, well, I should say this. I'm not a Sam Club guy. My wife is a Sam Club lady. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like Sam's and I like Costco. I get different things. They, they might seem like they're the same, but they're not. Uh, I get some things at Sam's and some things at Costco. Uh, Sam's is usually a little bit cheaper on because uh, there's a few things that both of them have. But uh, I like I like the bulk shop. Because I don't eat a lot of different stuff. So what I like, I like. And what I get, I get. And so, like, I can... But the problem with going to Costco is, man, you can go in there and you can say, I'm only going to get this uh, organic broccoli and a few other things that should probably be about 70 bucks. And by the time you say, oh, I wonder how this is. Yeah, that, I forgot about that. You come out of there, man, and that thing is like 220 250 and uh, that can be a problem for your budget. I'm just saying. Now, do you accompany your wife when she goes to Sam's? No. Or you just send her, oh, so you don't, you don't no. have no parts of the grocery no. shopping experience. It's better that way. 
That way she can spend all the time she want in there. You know, uh, she can come at it. I'm, I'm not trying to get out of there. I don't have to sit in the car and wait. None of that stuff. Now, when she get home, I try to get them things, get the groceries out of there. But that way you, know you can what? spend all the time that you want to spend in there. She go you to Coles. When she go to Coles, I sit in the car and watch movies. And I you know, wait on her to come There's a lot of truth out. to that. Because uh, I prefer to go grocery shopping by myself. Because I like to, I know what the family eats when I was shopping for the family. Uh, I, I like to I like to say hey I like to tally it up like the price is right and get to the counter and go in my mind this is going to be $212 and there's no greater joy than when the person at the counter goes oh this is $214 it's the little things in life that uh, they can they can bring a smile to your face that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying so so you, uh, so you go to the grocery store that's a little thing yeah yeah man but I enjoy, I enjoy shopping, and then I enjoy cooking. And when I had, uh, when I was married and had the kids, I was like, check this out. I don't like to eat out. I think it's a, uh, in general, I like to eat out occasionally. I don't like to make eating out a regular part of life because uh, it's so expensive and it's over. So I used to tell them, y'all can get whatever you want from the grocery store. Like, if you want filet mignon, get it from the grocery store. You want a tomahawk steak, get it from the grocery store. I don't care. Because you want salmon, it doesn't matter to me. Because whatever you get at the grocery store and you prepare it is going to be cheaper than if you went out to eat at dinner. And you get more bang for your buck. You get to cook it exactly how you want it. So that's why I used to go shopping. I used to take requests. Hey, what you want me to get you while I'm out? It doesn't matter. You name it, you can have it. I don't care because ultimately... Is going to turn out better for you so uh that's a lot of grocery talk grocery store talk but uh i enjoy the grocery store uh some people like gardening some people like grocery shopping i'm a grocery shopper man at heart some people like things like uh rate of fire magazine capacity windage and trajectory is that a drone or a gun that's that'd be range talk oh okay well maybe it's the little things in life like wind trajectory and when last time range. you been to the range? Oh, I coached my daughter up about three months ago. Oh, all right. You know, this is a very quick aside because we have to talk. We, we might need to go out to the range and we need to have a quick aside about the range. Because, you know, Big Joe ruined it for me. Because I went out to the range with him. He had a couple nine millimeters, a couple Glocks, I think. They could have been Lugers or Rugers, one of those. I'm not a gun guy, as y'all know. Obviously. Uh, but. I had the hardest time getting them damn bullets in the magazine. I mean, my fingers were hurting trying to push them in and get them all situated. Uh, and then secondly, he ruined the fact because he said, see, the, see these are, you know, the movies are fake. Nobody can hold their gun like that and then shoot somebody between the eyes. Uh, because I was having a hard enough time holding it steady and getting between the targets. And so you think about the Tom Cruise movie and you just go, you know what? That's got to be fake because nobody can sling their gun around like that and then be perfect on every shot. So that's how you ruin movies for me. It's the movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the movies, but ah, you got it down. It's all good. All right. I, I well, mean, that, uh, go ahead. No, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's wrap up the block and move into a little more Cowboys talk. Because what I'm curious about, and uh, Clarence touched on it a little bit, is... Their mission this week, in my opinion, 
is they got to get CeeDee Lamb going. Uh, CeeDee Lamb in his last uh, game, four catches, 49 yards. They got to get Brandon Cooks going. He got one catch for seven yards in the last game. Maybe he had two or three targets, not much. But this much is this much I know. Brandon Cooks has been a good receiver. Like for real. I mean, he's been a really good receiver. Uh, I was very excited when the Cowboys got him. Uh, 2020 in Houston had 1,150 yards. 2021 in Houston had uh, 1,037 yards. Uh, last year in Houston, they had a bunch of quarterback drama. He only had 699 yards receiving, but he averaged 12 and a half yards a catch. Uh, in Dallas this year, man, that dude's got nine yard, nine catches, 73 yards, averaging eight one a catch. This dude from a career 13.6 average. They're not getting him the ball in a spot where he can really do what he does. And so what I want to know is how do you see it in terms of how they're using Cooks and how they should use Cooks? Well, it's like I talked about last week, a couple of weeks ago. You start with your pecking order. You have to have the lead guy get the ball. See, you work everything off of him. Because what happens is is if you move C.D. Lamb around and you get him the ball, then defense got to focus on him. You know, uh, then – Brandon Cooks bust your ass for 80 because you ain't looking because you you concentrating on taking CD out the game. But when you're not consistently getting your best player the ball, the other guys don't eat. It's hard to get it's hard to get your boy to eat. And like we was talking about a while ago, where the offense a lot of things they doing they doing is lethargic and mechanical, and this stuff ain't second nature. You know, maybe 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 Cooks is like. The second read to Dak. Well, Dak ain't making it to the second read because supposedly his footwork is making him throw the ball right now, and he's not playing free. And a lot of times it's like what you see out the corner of your eye. You see, he missed. He missed. Uh, he missed. He missed. He missed, uh, he missed Brandon Cooks on Fred Warner. He threw it too late, and it, and I think if Dak was playing more free, he would have caught that. He'd have caught that at the line of scrimmage. That okay. I got Fred Warner, number 54 for the 49ers, standing over Cooks. Because Cooks right. outran him. Collinsworth was going apeshit, talking about, oh, he's running. He wasn't running with Cooks. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone. But Dak saw him too late. So I think the fact that he ain't – Dak is not playing freely like you and Clarence talked about, I think uh, that's, that's what's hindering the whole thing right now. Yeah. Well, they have got to uh, – they got to figure out a way to get him going. Uh, he's a guy who, in his career, which is uh, three, six, he's been in, this is 10th year. He's had three, four, he's had 6,000 yard seasons. Um, he's been a really good player. Uh, he's been a big play guy, and they ain't getting none of that benefit, man. And so um, that's a guy that we thought would have a big impact. So far, he hasn't. And then with CeeDee Lamb, it's about, you know, you talk about pecking order and making sure he gets the ball. Well, he's had four targets each of the last four yeah. games. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, there's no other number one receiver in the league who's getting four targets every game. You know, yeah. yes, there can be a game here or there where they shut you down. Uh, but to catch only four balls, that's, that's not happening. Uh, I'm sorry, he had five targets, forgive me. 
Six against New England, seven against Arizona. So he's going down in targets, which is yeah. not the way to go. Well, the Jets game got me so excited. Got me so excited. I, you know, I watched the hell out of some football. And I remember telling my wife, hey, if he CeeDee Lamb catch 11 balls this game, we're going to kill the Jets. And he caught 11 for 143. Because you, you can just count the receptions. One, two, three, four, in the middle, on the side, you know, in the slot, on the outside. I got really excited about that game because I thought this is the way the season's going to go. They're going to Cooper Cup play C.D. Lamb like Cooper Cup, and I thought, okay, okay, that's some West Coast stuff right there. West Coast offense has always been known to get their guy the ball. How did Randy – how did how did Jerry Rice catch 100 balls? <laughs> they moved him around. He was the best receiver in football. They moved him everywhere. They put him in the backfield. They put him in the slot. They put him outside. You couldn't You couldn't stop him. And it wasn't, right, right. you know, his greatness and the offense, but that's what I thought they was going to do with C.D. Lamb. But I don't know. It's, we got caught up in Michael Gallup ain't catching enough balls. and This guy ain't catching enough balls. I don't care about it. You know how I feel about that. Get, let the big dogs eat. And know. everybody just got to get in where they fit in. That's right. That's right. That's what uh, I'm saying. Now, speaking of that, so last year, C.D. Lamb had games of being targeted. 15, 14, 12, 11, 11, 11, 11, 10, 8, 8, 7, 7, 7, 7, 7. He was only targeted fewer than seven times, three times. Uh, he's already been targeted fewer than seven times, three times this year. And so if this offense doesn't make C.D. Lamb a difference maker, then this offense ain't no good. Roger that. <laughs> that, that one, yeah. That yeah one. I mean, it's really all it is. Yeah. Um, and with the running game and Tony Pollard, uh, you know, I don't know how they get him uh, the big plays, whether it's attacking the perimeter, whether it's doing a better job at the second level. I'm not privy to that. All I know is he's a big play back. He's been a big play back his entire career. Uh, last year, he averaged 5.2 a carry, and he had 200-something carries. So it's not like, you know, he had 80 carries or whatever. This year, he's down to 4.2. He's had 100-yard game. But he's yet to be the difference maker on a regular basis that he was. Now, we got to figure out how much of that is from being a lead guy and teams really studying what you do and how much of that is, um, you know, the blocking or the offensive line not being together. I think Uh, it's a combination of things. I think it's the the line. I think it's the lack of explosiveness in the passing game. You know, because if if you're going to throw a lot of short passes, guess what? People moving closer to the box. Right, right, right. The box is, is tighter. And it's like, man, he ain't going to get nothing. So if you're the passing game, you know, is, is it the chicken before the egg or which one? Is the car before the horse? Is the running game make the passing game? They both work together. And what do we always talk about? The marriage between the offensive line, the system, and the running back. You know, what's what's going on with that? Is that you change the system that he was good at, you know, the runs that he was good at, that, that offense that he played in so well – I think what Clarence was saying that they they kind of married both systems. Well, they need to marry him a little bit more because he ain't <laughs> he ain't getting the whole you know the holes aren't there. I mean the the injury to to my man Zach Martin, who my favorite cowboy, uh, all of them, and uh, uh, to, to Zach and the injuries to the offensive line, even though they playing together in the new system and the lack of explosiveness in the passing game. That's what I would say. No, I feel you on that. Uh, well, we'll see. They got just a few more days to work it out. Uh, they got an extra day because they played the Chargers 
on uh, Monday night. But uh, when they do, man, we hope to see you. Well, let, let's, let's touch on Michael for a second, though. Right? Here's my thing with him. I think that they should, on, on first and second down, they need to back him up. He need to play linebacker because he getting killed on first and second down. I, I, I really don't think he's going to make the whole season playing every down at defensive line because they banging on him. How many times you seen him walk to the, to the uh, 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 sideline limping? You know, the sound, I don't hate to sound like a kid, but I don't need him using all his superpower to heal up. I need him using his superpower to sack somebody. And I just think they need to just stand him up on, on first and second down. All right. Well, we'll see if, uh, if, uh, if, they, if they heed your advice. Um, I'm headed out there uh, today because we always tape on Thursdays before the show drops. On Friday, uh, Michael will talk today. And so we'll ask him about that. I need it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting because you know, you know, he he's like that defensive end. He wants to get those sacks. He wants to get that contract. And uh, those things are not always in alignment with what the team needs and what what the coaches want. Yep. And so it'll be interesting yep. to see good how point. that all plays out. That's a good point. I want Micah. This is what I need Micah to do, man. I need Micah to get him a book with them generic phrases in it. We gonna try better. We gonna do well. <laughs> no, nah. we gonna. Nah, I don't need him keep talking nah. like he talking, man. It's just like, dude. Why? Because what does it matter? It does matter. It matters. I said, what does it matter? Why does it matter? It matters because when you start talking all that noise and you don't back it up, it's like, man, you you putting a target on your back. You know how about this? How about you do more balling and less yapping? That's why it matters. To me, if I'm playing with you, I need you to focus on on doing what you do, being Micah. And I mean, I understand, but he's saying he's saying stuff like we the same class as the 49ers and all. How about you just say we're gonna take one game at a time? And, and I know he can't not talk to the media, but why do I always say, don't talk about it before you do it, don't talk about it after you do it, just do it. Well, you're trying to put the media out of business, so I ain't going to never go for that. Well, just, <laughs> I'm just saying, be generic. I don't know. No, but just, that, you, you, we, I, we have enough generic guys in the league. I uh, the league needs some personality. All right. Well, you wouldn't Mike have a, a great job. personality. You don't have a job, I wouldn't have a job. All right, then. I see. All right, I got you. Yeah. I got you. My I mean, bad. We need somebody who could talk, dog. Yeah, yeah. I got I you. I mean, Dak is generic. He don't say nothing. Nah, he Let damn sure don't. You right. You Let me right. see who on the Cowboys says something. Uh-oh. They got 53 players. Here's who says something that's interesting. Uh, Micah Parsons. All right. J. Ron Curse. And uh, C.D. Lamb is pretty interesting. Yeah, he pissed off right that's, now. Yeah. That's it. That's All right. it. All right. Okay. Three out of 53, you still winning, dog. I'm, I'm coachable. All right, then. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's why we got to We got work these things out. All right, then. All right, yeah, then. yeah, yeah. It's all good. All right, for uh, Big Joe and the Big Rig, I'm Jean Jacques Taylor. Until we chat again, y'all be blessed.